the whole time I was misty eyed when you guys talking about all the bands I love and then you talked about us. It was so cool. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Southern Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 251 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Whoa! 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 Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and normally, people that I love leave. And you can probably tell why. Uh, But this is a homecoming for an artist who thrives on all stages. Yes, uh, very, very sorry about that. <laughs> uh, everything that's just happened then for that past 10 seconds. This week's guest is the fantastic, amazing Cassidy Pope. What a champion. I'm going to put out there. I reckon she's my favorite Pope because I'm not first on the guy with a pointy hat. Fuck. And the only other person I can think of is Nick Pope who's a goalkeeper for Newcastle United, and I've got no, like, allegiance to him. So, stupid jokes and (laughs) niche references. That's the way to do a podcast. But, no, we love Cassidy. (laughs) She is the queen of pop punk turned country star and breaking it into the mainstream after winning The Voice USA in 2013. Uh, Whether she's captured your heart through storytelling lyrics Hey Monday, or just being a rad human, she's got one in a lifetime career mixing everything she's done. And she's very excited at the moment because there's a lot of buzz about her returning to her emo roots, her latest singles, Almost There, People That I Love Leave, and collaborating with Taylor Akon on Coma is a really throwback vibe and her darker side. But what's super surreal to me It's how this conversation came about. Last month, we did an episode 246 with emo historian Chris Payne looking at the scene's mainstream explosion boom period and his book, Where Are Your Boys Tonight? Well, throughout that conversation, Kathy gets mentioned and she listened, shared it on the socials with some very nice words. And ever since we've kind of reconnected and talking to make this happen so had to jump at the opportunity uh, to dive into a career again and get some fresh perspectives on just this wild journey i don't think 
anybody listens to this, right? Even though I checked and I see the numbers <laughs> now and again, right? And I see there's thousands of people that do listen to this, right? In my heart, I don't think anybody listens to this at all. So when I hear things like Cassidy Paul <laughs> replying to one of our comments because she's listened to the podcast, I just think that's fucking mental. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. mental. Like if you break down everything she's ever done, right? So like the singer from A Monday, she listened to our podcast. That's fucking mad, right? <laughs> the singer of The Voice, she won The Voice in America. She's listened to our podcast. That's fucking mad. <laughs> Country singer and fucking massive star in that scene. Cassidy Pope has listened to our fucking podcast. What? If this podcast is good enough for Cassidy Pope, it's definitely good good enough for you, general public, <laughs> absolutely normal civilian bastards, right? I'm joking. I love you as much. But yeah, it, I, I was blown away when I found out that she listened. And this is such a, such a fun chat. This chat is even better than the first one we did because um, it was a bit more relaxed. Uh, it was a bit more fun. She wonderfully opens up on everything we ask her. There's nothing that she doesn't answer or no questions that she shrugs at. She literally was an open book and I fucking loved her for that. So thank you very much, Casty. If you're listening again, that's mad. <laughs> yeah, that blows my mind as well, especially when you think back to I've listened to her back catalogue for years. So the fact that she's listened to our voices is very weird. But no, this was just a generally like a catch up with very old friends. And as Sean mentioned, there's so many secrets and honest conversations that happen throughout this throughout some wild laughs in between and some stories you'd never expect us to get on. So we don't want to ruin anything by telling you uh, any previews or stuff. We're just going to get straight into but, it. But before yeah. we do... <laughs> but she admits the six murders. Anyway, <laughs> but before we get to that, just a quick reminder to go and follow us at Pod on Twitter and Instagram and to support this podcast via our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sapnin that is the best way to keep this thing going and it's been so wholesome to see so many wonderful messages over this last week uh celebrating the 250 milestone and things we're going to get into uh next so uh, yeah go and check us out at sapnin pod patreon.com forward slash sapnin but without any further ado this is the wonderful casty pope returning on episode 251 of sapnin podcast she is my favorite pope as well thinking about Sapnin! 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 Deepop! What the? I've gone too far too soon, haven't I? Sorry. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Sapnen! 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 Yes! Yes! Back once again with Renegade Master is the mighty singer, songwriter, and all-round beautiful person, Cassidy Pope. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for that intro. That's so nice. <laughs> That's Thanks okay. for having me. No, it's, it's, it's brilliant to see you again. It's been uh, four years since we have uh, recorded one of these things. Are you wow. serious? Yeah, yeah. I had a look earlier. We went to, uh, you, you did the UK tour. We went to Bristol and the right? Fleece. Um, yeah, right. four years. And I mean, that has, that, that has been like the end of the world in between that as well, which we've all kind of just been right. through. Been we try through, to forget uh, about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the year you don't talk about. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's so funny. Wow. Well, good to see you guys again. Yeah. Thanks for coming back on. Uh, it's, yeah, it's been weird. We've kind of reconnected after having Chris Ping on the mm-hmm. podcast and him talking about his, uh, his book and mentioned Hey Monday and yourself throughout that. And I mean, there's, there's so much we want to uh, talk about off the back of it and just things you're up to throughout this. But how are you doing at the moment? What's, what's going on? What's new? It seems like you've been uh, tra- traveling uh, a lot behind the scenes as well. Yeah, I just got back from England on Friday. I, I was there visiting my boyfriend. He's been there for three months doing a musical on the West End. So um, I went one other time like a couple months ago and just went back for a little family thing that he had. So yeah, I'm a little I'm a little jet lagged right now. I'm not going to lie, but makeup help makes a big difference. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Is the boyfriend American and just over in England or is he actually no. English? He's English. We, we are oh. based here in Nashville, but he's from Cornwall. So that's where I was. Wow. Nice. That's yeah. Nice. yeah that's- it's a nice place to visit. Many a Cornish past- pasty or? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time. <laughs> I don't feel like it's a, it's a trip to Cornwall if I don't get a pasty at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I just so find good. it amazing, yeah, because like they're everywhere. Like a Cornish pasty is known throughout the UK or whatever. So every right. every truck stop has got them. But yeah, <laughs> to hear American, yeah, just appreciate the the Cornish pasty is brilliant. It's <laughs> and surreal. say it right and say it right, not pasty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard pasty uh, before. I'm like, yeah. that's a different thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cornwall does pasties? No way. There's lots of, <laughs> I thought it was a, like a lot of old conservative women. You wouldn't think they'd be into pasties, but mm. hey, you never, you never know what happens behind closed doors. This is true. You don't know. <laughs> you do not know. But yeah, it was a good trip. It was nice, but yeah, good to be back and, um, working on, working on the next single release. So, uh, chatting with my team about that right now and, just signed with Sound Talent Group, a booking agency that are that are amazing. So we're we're kind of scheming for next year and maybe even this fall. So 
yeah, working Ooh. on working on all that stuff. It's been fun. Yeah, constantly, constantly busy. And I mean, I've always found your career so interesting and kind of unique because you've kind of had this spotlight of three different musical worlds. You know, you started really with that punk DIY ethos, going straight into the mainstream pop culture world of, of the voice and then country as his home kind of dolly part in the land <laughs> anyway but i mean when you um get a chance to look back at all this now do you feel like you really had one of those like once in a lifetime careers and look at different perspectives because you've really been able to um to see a lot of how this industry works in so many different ways yeah i mean i do feel really fortunate because i've been able to be uh, get to a certain level of success in both pop punk and country and i feel like that's that in itself is an achievement um i'm really proud of that but yeah i do feel like the whole thing is very unique i i don't know i don't know why me but i <laughs> i think everyone grows up with a lot of different influences i grew up in florida and um it was i was in south florida so it's not like North Florida is very country and it's very Southern, which is weird, but South Florida is not. And it's, it's, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of, um, a lot of pop, a lot of rock, a lot of rap, um, hip hop. And so I grew up listening to a lot of different kinds of music. So I think throughout my career, when I would make these pivots, I was doing country as a kid. And then I pivoted to pop punk when it was kind of taking off in, in my hometown of West Palm. And then I pivoted to like more pop right before The Voice. I did like a pop EP. And on The Voice, it was like this evolution that people got to see where I went back to country and so on. So it just kind of, I don't know, I just have a lot of different influences. And now that I'm back in the pop punk space, it just feels like I'm taking all of those influences and merging them, even though it's not country, I'm still kind of applying like country songwriting as far mm. as like telling a story i still want the lyrics to say something and not just be catchy so it feels good and i yeah i feel very lucky to have had the weird bizarre career i've had <laughs> <laughs> is there any major um comparisons or differences between the scenes you've been involved with like uh, how does country compare to the pop punk scene or the mainstream yeah. pop scene or yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, unfortunately, a comparison, a similarity is the, the whole not being enough women on tours yeah, and on festivals and on so. the radio and stuff. So I, I was genuinely taken aback by that when I kind of came back to this genre. And, um, you know, I remember back in Hey Monday, we were constantly compared to Paramore and I was never on a tour with another female fronted band except for one time. And we did tons of tours. And so going, coming back in, in 2023 and being like, wow, it's still like this and seeing festival lineups come out and there's like one or two women on it. It's just kind of mind boggling. It's still like that. And it is very much like that in country music, unfortunately, especially country radio. I'm sure you know all about that, but just the percentage of women that get to number one on country radio is like in the single digits. It's, it's awful. Um, and so that, that's a similarity. I think the difference is, um, Oh, oh, just the cultures. I think pop punk and mainstream and pop are very progressive for the most part. And it's very daring and people push the boundaries and um, they 
can say whatever they want in their songs. Um, and in country music, it's, it's for the most part, very conservative, very like there are these boundaries in songwriting and women especially can't say certain things or wear certain things or they're called certain names. And so I think I really enjoy the freedom I feel being back in this genre and, and, um, I tried not to put those boundaries on myself when I was in country music, but I think when you're like, when you're in Nashville and you're in it, and especially when I was on a, a late, a country label, you just kind of subconsciously do that. You water yourself down and you don't realize it. So yeah, those are the the major differences I feel. Yeah. That's so crazy to hear both of those worlds, the restrictions, but especially not being able to kind of be your full self with certain nuances or wording or as you said clothes or anything like that i mean yeah it must be really hard to kind of play the music industry game and in, you know mm. in a lot of ways and and kind of conform to that i mean yes it, it must there must have been so many kind of inner thoughts and arguments and kind of listening to people you don't really want to take advice from and those yeah. kind of things yeah and i and i think you know i've been in this industry since Technically, I mean, I got my first record deal when I was 15. So, um, and then I was doing music full time from like 14. So I, I've, I've been doing it for a really long time. And I, I think when you start really young, you, I don't know, you almost just like, or from early on, you start to collect these, these thoughts and these falsehoods that you're told. Um, and, so even if you feel like you have all this experience, you also have a lot of exposure to um, people saying things to you that aren't true, that like you have to you have to be skinny or you can't be too tan because it might be confusing to people in the Northeast who don't go wow. to the beach. Wow. Like d- really weird, re- weird shit that you're told. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think um, you don't realize it. You just kind of end up doing things and saying things that you feel like you're supposed to. And then once I, especially, you know, with my journey, once I started going to therapy and really like digging into why I was not feeling like myself or I wasn't happy, that's when it sort of, sort of all came together. Like, oh, it's because for a very long time I've been told things and I didn't realize they stuck on me for so long. Yeah, I think people just don't realize being so much into that world, like once you're at a top level for things, how much opinionated people are, and especially you know, like the higher up in labels and all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure it can be um, quite difficult to navigate all that, as, as you said. But is there is there being any one like little thing in particular, like now that you've been able to do again? And you're just like, oh, it's just just that this just the ability to do that is so freeing. Yeah, I mean, I now that I'm not on a label and it's been I've had a, a couple of um times I've been able to collaborate with people, but you know, I can just collaborate with another artist and there's no issue. Um <laughs> the only the only person that I've collaborated with in the past couple of years who's on a major label is uh, my friend Jax and there there was like, you know, an email that had to be sent to the label and they approved it, but you know, I think when there's two major labels involved and you're not on the same one. There's all this red tape. There's there's just tons of issues. And so I feel really just so excited. And I, it's it's like making me giving me pause for ever thinking maybe I'll go to a label again. Like it's just like that's so, that's such an easy thing to do. I mean, 
Taylor Acorn and I have a song out and you know, we did, we decided to do it together and it came out like a month later. So it's just, wow. it's so nice to not have those restrictions. Well, it's nice, just nice to see you're, you're in a good place and having fun and uh, high spirited about so much going on. And there's a lot we'll um, get to, but just speaking of those like different chapters, like how do you see it? Do you see them as like different versions of you? Like, do you feel like there's a, emo Cassidy a country Cassidy like how do you add those those up I mean I'm sure it, it, it must just feel like one giant whirlwind of a career when when you do look back but yeah do you kind of see it as different chapters different versions how would you label it I mean I see it as different chapters but I don't see it as different me's um I it's I've always loved both genres I've always loved pop punk and I've always loved country so and and both I've I've gone in waves. Like I I think when I went to country music, there was this when I was in Hey Monday, like we we got in the scene kinda as it started to fizzle. It wasn't as trendy and mainstream. And then once when I went country in 2013, I think it was, um, I wasn't super into what was coming out in in the the pop punk scene at that time. And then Fast forward to, you know, a couple of years ago, three years ago or so, I wasn't, I started not loving what was going on in country music. And so I, I just feel like both genres have this ebb and flow at, at all genres do. And I have kind of just gone where I feel like, okay, I, I can identify with this. This feels like me. I'm going to, I'm going to go over here. But yeah, I mean, I, have I changed my hair? You know, yes. Um, <laughs> do I? <laughs> Do I maybe like throw in not, you know, say ain't or I don't know, boy as much in my emo music? Yeah. But um, for the most part, I I feel like I I've remained me, which I think is important. I've I've grown for sure. I think when I when I did pop punk when I was 18, I'm like not the same person. There are parts of me that are the same, but I've I've grown a lot, though. So. That that changes. I feel like I'm quoting um, that scene in Bridesmaids where Kristen Wiig <laughs> and Rose Byrne are like, I feel like you ch people change. Uh, yeah, but they change, but they stay the same, but they're still changing. It's like this weird, <laughs> ridiculous kind of explanation, but it's true. Bridesmaids can always teach you a, a lesson or two with that, right? with that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still I still don't know whose side I'm on with that argument. But yeah, I, I've... I feel like I've had a I've had a through line with who I am through everything, which is good. Well, all the publicity and kind of outlets have really labeled the current music you're putting out as just returning to your emo roots and following your career. I think like you've always embraced that with whatever you're doing. You know, you've never shied away from Hey Monday. You've never shied away from just being a, a pop punk kid at heart. What was it in particular that? made you want to go back to the rock world 100% now compared to anything else? Was, was there a certain uh, switch that flipped? Was, was there anything in particular? It was kind of gradual. Um, I remember in 2020, I was writing my record Thrive, um, which came out in 2021. And with that writing process, I really, I was like feeling this tug and this pull back to the rock genre. And I thought, well, and I think everybody was feeling reflective and, you know, introspective during that time. And I just thought, why can't I make a pop punk country record? I mean, the only thing keeping me from it is, is labels and feeling like, oh, I have to label it one thing. 
So I wrote that record. It felt amazing. It was really fun. I got to do it with Nick Wheeler from All American Rejects. And I also had Karen Fairchild from Little Big Town. So it was like I had these two parts of me um, in these two humans that helped me make this record. It was so fun. It was amazing. It didn't do well. <laughs> it was like uh. country was like, this is too rock. And rock was like, this is too country. So it just oh. didn't translate. I will say since then, there have been... There have been country artists who have done it and it succeeded. And the difference is I'm a woman and I don't have a major label. So we'll just leave it, leave it there. But, <laughs> um, but, and then after that, I was like, okay, I, I just feel, I hate having to, you know, conform to anything. But I do, I did feel in that moment after that record cycle came and went, like, I have to make a decision here. I don't really listen to country music anymore. I really love what rock is doing again. Um, I'm not aligning with country music's views and um, fundamental values. I have spoken out about things and have been on the front lines of uh, people in country music with big platforms calling me out and calling me things and while I'm fine with that because I'm standing up for what's right, I just feel like, why am I in the same orbit as these people? And maybe this isn't the place for me. And I'm lucky to where I have this other influence, this other side that I love that is true to my heart and true to my roots that I can say, you know what? I'm going to go over here. This feels, this feels right for me. And so it was um it was last year um the beginning of 2022 where i started writing with that in mind i went to la wrote with one of my best friends um who's a great writer ali tamposi and we wrote people that i love leave it just felt like okay this it just like a light bulb went off and i was like okay this does feel like hey monday but it's not it's new it's fresh it's different and it's something that I want to do on my own. I don't want to go back to Hey Monday. I just want to continue on this journey and because it just feels more authentic to do it that way. So it's just kind of over, I probably over like a couple of years, honestly, is, is what led me here. But I think it is testament to say that, you know, you have that option to go between these things and still have a, a diehard audience of people who are just supporting you for whatever. And I've seen that a lot with these new tracks is that you know people who know you from whatever are just happy you're doing stuff and having fun and getting to write music that you want to do yeah yeah and um you know it's funny a lot of people are like i'm so glad you're back doing music those are the like the rock fans who yeah. you know don't like country music so they didn't follow me of course i don't i wouldn't expect them to so they think i've just like not done music for 10 years wow. <laughs> and then I'm starting again. And I think that's really cool because I don't, you know, I know that I'm not going to, I'm not going to please everyone. No one, no one, not everybody's going to love what I do when I make a shift like that. So it's, I love that I'm, I'm kind of like, I, my following is growing. I'm seeing it happen. So it's like, it's, it's cool. And I'm, I, I don't know. There's a lot of people coming out of the woodwork that, um, a lot of fans that loved Hey Monday that are like, Oh my gosh, I haven't heard about you in so long. And <laughs> I, I could be offended, but I'm not. Cause I just think that that's like, okay, great. I'm reaching the people I want to reach, you know? So yeah. it, it feels kind of cool. 
Well, it's also testament as well to how well you did as well while over um, doing country and pop as well. The fact that you could technically disappear to the pop punk kids while, you know, while working and doing something else that you love mm. is testament to you, I guess, because a lot of people from I was saying, look, look at me, for example, when my band failed miserably, I had to go, right, what can I, what can I do as soon as possible that's, <laughs> that keeps me in that light? Yeah. So, you know, so I'm not missing from the scene, I guess. Whereas you, you, you just went, right, I'll go over here, I'll do this and smashed it and did really well. I was still like, oh, don't forget me. I'm in this. Hey, hey guys. So, no, yeah, testament to you for that. That's, that's awesome that you got to do that Thanks. and you did do that. And, but there's no, there's no right or wrong way to do any, you know what I mean? Like this was that, that was your path and I took my path and I think, a lot of it had to, a lot of me just walking away from the, from pop punk and, and going full force in the country was because, you know, I had to make that decision in that moment. And I felt like if I kind of dabbled in both, I wouldn't succeed and go very far in either. It would just kind of be this middle ground that, and at the time it wasn't happening. Like, I mean, there weren't any country artists that were doing like pop punk. So, um, I had to kind of make that decision and, yeah, I think yeah, I think you did great. Oh, Look thanks. At you now. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. No yes. regrets. That's, that's uh, all I've ever, do you know what? That's all I've ever wanted to hear. So this is going to be our last ever episode. <laughs> I did all right. Thanks. You made thanks. it. Thanks, <laughs> Cassidy. I did all right. Did You're doing right. great, sweetie. Aww. Mom, mom, do you hear that? Do you hear what she said? Mom, mom. And again, my mother now. Speak to my mother quick. She doesn't think I'm doing very well. No. I'm, uh, I'm here. I'm here to lift you up. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Job yeah. done. We need you on every week. In that case, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. I'm down. Yeah, you couldn't. Yeah, you couldn't call me every uh, every Monday morning, could you? And just be like, come on, Sean. We've got another week of this. We can do this. Come on. Then. You got uh, this. Stick uh, out. Yeah. Oh, I need that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just be the resident pep talk person you just have yeah, me on one yeah, yeah, yeah. We, if you can you can have a segment if you want just send us That's like true. some really yeah. nice messages to oh, send to people <laughs> every week yeah i'm down yeah. i'm so oh. down spread some positivity words of affirmation with cassidy pope yeah no words of hope with cassidy oh, pope yeah. oh nice <laughs> Here we I, can, go. I can tell you we're a songwriter yeah i was gonna say yeah uh, so next I went to rhymezone.com really quickly. And <laughs> I, I do uh, love rhymezone. Every front, every front person I've ever met knows about rhymezone. And it's like, yeah, I bet you fucking do. We've all typed in dog and see what comes <laughs> up with dog. I, I have to type in like the easiest word to rhyme with because when you're in the session and you're literally like, you just have this brain block. You're like, I gotta just unlock that and just go to rhymezone. It helps every time, every time. <laughs> I love it that it's universal rhyme. It doesn't matter <laughs> oh, what yeah. country you come from or what band you were in or what genre, you've used rhyme zone because, yeah, you couldn't think of a word. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I love it. You couldn't rhyme dog. Ah, <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's not start now. Yeah, we'll end up writing a song instead. <laughs> no, but, but one of the other things I've really, uh, I, I noticed, um, from from this period is that you recently posted and said that you know going back into this world it's being able for you to not only reconnect with a lot of music you loved back in the day but younger self and mm. not to kind of 
get asked this really deeply but i mean as you said you were on the road and in this industry from such a young age touring internationally i'm sure there's a part of you that didn't really get to enjoy the everyday life of kind of growing up in the, like the late teens early 20s and even b- before then so when you say reconnecting with with your younger self how therapeutic has that has that been it's been amazing um we definitely didn't get to soak up anything that happened with hey monday it was so fast it was so crazy we were on a major label so they just filled our days with press you know we were going to these amazing places like japan and australia places we had never been before and we just spent all day just doing interviews and um you know and it was i'm sound ungrateful it was amazing but you know we didn't get to soak up anything really and i definitely missed the you know the college days i always say i went to call like i went to tour college because it was yeah. kind of, i felt like from what i've heard it's just partying but um we partied um for sure <laughs> but yeah we i connecting with her it's kind of like i don't know i when i got into music it's even before hey monday who i'm connecting with you know what i mean like when I started doing music, it was because I just, I, all of a sudden I start, I took lessons, I started singing and it felt really good. And I loved it like right off the bat. And it was just this feeling of purpose. And I was like, this, I don't know what this is, what I'm feeling, but like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life and connecting with that girl. It's not even like the Hey Monday girl or whatever. It's like the kid that started singing who was like, this is, I don't, I can't explain why I love this, but I do. And I'm, I can't imagine doing anything else. And so when I get into these, you know, businessy kind of conversations with people and, um, you know, I had, I had a really, really tough conversation, um, about a month ago with someone who's no longer on my team, but, um, it was just a really deflating, really tough conversation. And, and, um, it just was really like, it just made me feel terrible. And I had to, remember why i'm doing this and you know if if you this if there's someone on the team that doesn't believe in you the way that your younger self believed in you then they gotta go you know so that kind of that kind of stuff reconnecting with her has helped me see things a little bit more clear and um yeah connecting with the hey monday cassidy as well has been fun and a bit a bit like i don't know a, a tiger out of the cage kind of thing where she was really <laughs> running around being crazy. Cause I just was like, I'm 18. I'm on tour with fallout boy. I get to do whatever I want. And I did. And, um, kind of getting that energy back feels really fun. Cause I can do whatever I want. I, I mean, you know, within reason, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You could get away with a murder or two, I reckon. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) I never murdered anyone, all right? (laughs) It was never proven. It was never proven. Come on, guys. Yeah, you know? Don't go searching all of the Hey Monday tour dates (laughs) and where serial killers might have... Could you imagine? I, I made that joke because I saw the other day that somebody made the connection between the band Portishead Wherever they've gone on tour, a Banksy painting has turned up. What? So somebody thinks that somebody in Portishead might be Aww. Banksy. 
Ooh, yeah. That's Very cool. Yeah, that's a cool correlation. That would be awesome. I hope that's true. We don't have anything like that. Whatever he Monday too, and people were murdered. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, murdered like in a good way. Like oh. uh, we, we that murdered show, that show. Yeah, yeah <laughs> nice. Sorry, uh, but at the bare bones of everything, it must just be so nice to be able to go back to those roots and, and to that version of yourself because we all get caught up in the business side of it and it takes the fun away sometimes and the pressure Oof. and you're looking at mm. things so differently rather than why you're doing this so to yeah. be able to get that perspective again I'm sure it's just filled you with so much joy and like a new lease of life in many ways yeah and and it's just healthier like mentally you have to be happy you have to do what feels authentic to you and sure there has to be a level of okay i have to think about finances and i have to think about um the rollout of this song and things that that are just kind of come along with like adulthood if i wasn't thinking about it for music i'd be thinking about it with my nine to five like it doesn't matter what you're doing in your life you have to you have to think about those things but you know i feel very I just feel connected to like the passion of it again, which is, you know, I kind of lost for a minute, especially when I was with a label and I couldn't release the music I wanted to release. Um, and there was a level of that in Hey Monday. We ha- we were on a major label. We came into making our first record with a certain sound and it changed and was been, you know, the Columbia Records was on a roll with Boys Like Girls and We the Kings and we were on that same label. So Oh, and Metro Station. So we kind of got into the same pop way with with this with the music, and that really wasn't what we wanted to do at the time. We were we were kind of harder. Um, we we had I don't know heavier guitar riffs and stuff, and my lyrics were definitely less conversational. And then we got into the studio with really big producers. We got signed to Columbia, and it was like let's go this direction. And I was eight. I think I might've even been 17 when we made the record. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to say no, I wasn't going to be, I I pushed back on things, but I wasn't going to like, be like, okay, never mind. Send back the deal and (laughs) let's not go on tour with fallout boy. I want to do this. I was like, you know, I, I made it, I'm on a label and you know, so, uh, I don't even know why I went there, but oh, I think it was because just like you get lost in the machine of things and the labels and the, you know, you have these really successful people telling you, no, if you want to make it, you got to do it this way. And you're a kid and you're like, okay, all right, you know better than I do. So that's kind of how it happens and how you get further away from yourself in a way. Is is that why there was never a second Hey Monday album? Because yeah. you know, you released a few EPs after the debut and there was always rumors that the one of them was supposed to be the album and then things got complicated and mm-hmm. whatever. But yeah, it, it sounds like there was a lot more back and forth than maybe people realized. Yeah, I mean, we 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 got our, our A&R left. So the guy who got us signed in the first place left and we didn't really have another champion at the label so when he left, um, it, it got a little difficult and we were having a hard time getting a hold of anyone. And then there was a new label president. So when we had our second, when we had our EP that was supposed to be an album, that is correct. We just kept running into just obstacles and barriers and it kept being like things get, 
kept being pushed and we just wanted to get music out and we thought well we'll do an ep for now and then we'll like continue to keep writing and making the record um and then it just kind of all fell apart and the label didn't care anymore they started asking me if i would go solo which is wow. not what you want to hear when you're in a band mm, yeah, and yeah. i didn't want to go solo i wasn't i wasn't ready for that i didn't even think about going solo and um so we actually ended up getting off the label because of that we sort of stopped getting tour offers we weren't really in that position where we were we were booked like a year out with touring it was crazy and we just stopped getting those opportunities i got to the point where i started panicking and being like is this the end are we going to be one of those bands that like keeps trying 10 years down the line and we're all broke and we can't support ourselves and we and i just kind of I kind of got in my head about it and panicked about it. And I just was like, I, I think I have to, I think I have to leave the band and do my own thing and figure it out. Cause I, this is scaring me. And I don't, and I, at the time I was, I was living in West Palm beach with my mom and my sister. And um, I was used to being on the road a lot. And like, once you're, when, when you get that taste and you're like, and it's not even, you know, we were on tour with fall up way to sold out arenas. Like we did, we headlined small clubs um, it wasn't even the size of the rooms. It was the fact that I wasn't out anymore and I was just home and the label, we weren't with the label anymore. We weren't getting tours. And I was just like in Florida where there's really nothing for you there as a musician. I just was like, I'm going to move to LA and go solo and see what happens. So that's kind of what led me to do the voice. I was in LA for about a year before I even auditioned and mm. it was a, it was a moment of desperation is why I auditioned. <laughs> I wasn't like wanting to take that route, but I, it just wasn't happening. So that's kind of what led me there. Yeah. How much, how much is like the voice produced and figured out backstage? Cause I've never, I've never really understood how it, how yeah. it kind of works really. Uh, so they, they scout a lot of people that come on the show because they're they're very open about the fact that they have people, contestants, artists on the show who might have had past careers or failed careers or were backup singers, whatever. Um, so they scouted me and asked me to come audition. So I did and got through and everything. And the the process was so it was the hardest thing I've ever gone through. But they were so accommodating to us and like the PAs were just they were just so kind. They, they again, like called us artists, not contestants, because they knew a lot of us were artists and wrote our own music and had released music ourselves. So it just was a really, um, caring environment. And, and I just went back recently to, um, seeing for Blake Shelton's last episode. And I was so happy to see most of the people there were the same people as when I was there 10 years ago, almost 11 years ago. And the new people that were there, they were still doing the like pep talks. They were still checking on all the artists. And it's just like, it's such a beautiful environment. Although it was the hardest thing I've ever done, it was still like, they took care of us, which was, yeah. it was amazing. Well, yeah. I, I, yeah, I only asked because I thought it would be literally the complete opposite of that. Like, I thought it would just be like the machine. The machine <laughs> is working. Yeah. Be in that cold, be in that cold <laughs> cupboard storeroom until we call you. And then you, you perform. And then you no. go back to the cupboard. But no, that's amazing that they were, they were I so think, good. I think it might be like that on some other ones. Um, I've, I've, because, because I've come from that world, um, I've met a few people on the other shows and I've heard 
I've heard oh, some okay. things that that mm. aren't great. So I, I'm I feel very I like I actually I got approached to do the X Factor the same time at the same oh. time, and I didn't do. And that one you get like a million dollars or some shit when you win. <laughs> it was like. And my manager at the time was like, do that one. And I was like, <laughs> no. Yeah. And, but they like, they do the, they, they make it dramatic and they get, yeah. they get the yeah. artists yeah. to fight with each other and they make you be in a band together. It's like, it's just like a reality show more so than a re, like a singing competition show. So I actually, I could have done that and made a bit more money, but I, well, if you win, um, but I just didn't want to do the drama side of things. Yeah. I've always Don't. felt like X Factor's almost rigged. Like it's almost set up like they know from day one what's going to happen and who's going to mm. happen. And that's that's why I think they treat people a bit shitty. I don't know. Yeah. I could, I'm making this up. I'm conspiracy theory. I don't know. Uh, I mean, anything's possible. Who knows? I just, I just like the idea of um, when your old manager found out what the prize for X Factor was, just lit up and go, Oh, I'd get 25% of that. So do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Coronel, Coronel, let's win. You look like nothing for it. I get it. I get it. But I was like, I can't do that. I cannot be on that. I mean, kudos to people who do it. Hmm. I know people who've been on it and they're great. And it's not against anyone who does it. It's that they, like, the show makes a spectacle of people. And I just didn't want to be a part very of much so yeah, yeah yeah well you know and you went in the voice and the rest is literally history because yeah you won the whole goddamn thing but <laughs> super appreciate you being so honest with these subjects as well because a lot of people just don't get to see and hear about these things behind yeah. the scenes and what you said there about hey monday i, I just find very interesting and going on the, the flip side to that i think it's again a testament to how much of a connection that debut album made with so many people because people still talk about so it today. And as as uh, Chris Payne mentioned when he came on the podcast and he talks about it in the, in the book, I mean, a lot of people kind of see Hey Mondays like that missed opportunity or the band that just got away. Maybe you were in the right place at the wrong time and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure it's difficult to to kind of hear those things as kind of they're meant as compliments. But I'm sure that they kind of don't feel like it at, at times and being able to wrap your head around it. But it, yeah, it must be a weird thing to look back on and see so many people go in. That's a great album. I love those. I love the band. The singles really resonated. But then also kind of have it as like, oh, they should have been bigger than they were. Yeah, it's bittersweet. I mean, I, I, I hear that. I agree. I'm like, we should have, we should have like really made it further. And then we just we had we had the shit under the stick with a few things um especially the label and i think we were one of those bands that one of the few bands honestly in the scene that had a major label deal and while that was like wow that that looked cool and that was um a big deal it it created all of these obstacles for us and so when we were making that second record instead of being able to pivot and be like, okay, this isn't working. We're going to put this out instead. There are so many more things to hoops to jump through and, and red tape to, to work through that. Um, it just like delays things and delays things. And like I said before, you know, it was, it was the wrong time. Um, like you said, because we did come in a bit later and we weren't one of those bands that toured 
like endlessly before we got signed we we were just were in in the right place at the right time at the beginning and then it was wrong um when we went to this music conference and got signed and it was just like overnight we just got signed to columbia records it was crazy um but we we missed that building period and i actually read the book and and um you know gabe supporter was talking about like bands like us we kind of just came on the scene and we didn't we didn't grind it out in a way um like bands like midtown did and we didn't we didn't get to accumulate that fan base that won't go anywhere no matter what um because they were with you from the beginning and years and years of of building together it just creates this like really really tight community we didn't have that we we went out and opened for fallout boy and we opened for all time low and we opened for all these bands, which was great. And we did accumulate a fan base, but we, we didn't headline that many tours and we didn't grind it out. So, um, so yeah, when, when people say that it is bittersweet for sure. Yeah. But at the same, at the same time, when you think about it, I mean, the band were only really together for three years and there's still such an impact about it. You must constantly still get (laughs) messages about like how much the band meant to people at that time. And especially like, uh, how homecoming and how you love me now is still kind of played in clubs and stuff over <laughs> here for rock nights yeah. and then things like that so yeah i i it's just must be again just a weird experience just a weird experience how all that can be said but at the same time the three years you were together you really did make an impact with people yeah it's cool i mean i i love hearing that and i i definitely um, I do see the influence there. I mean, like anytime I post anything from Hey Monday, I get hundreds of girls being like, I took a picture of your hairstyle to my hairstylist and did my hair like yours. And I just think that's so cute. And like, I mean, even that just feels like a kind of a cultural effect, which is like, I mean, so wild. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm proud of what we did. I, I, I do. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I love my life. I'm in a, I'm a good in a good place in my life. So like I can't sit here and say that I'm sad that things didn't go a different way, but I think you know, I ha- I did I did have a moment in my career a long time ago where I did have to kind of grieve, oh, we're not going to be mm. that thing that I had envisioned. We're not going to do that. Okay. Time to recalibrate. I'm sad about that and then going to go do this other thing. So like I think that's that's what a career is or you know, what I've had to do is these ends, the ends of these chapters, I have to kind of mourn the end. It's like, I had to do that with country music. I kind of had to be like, I've worked really hard for 10 years in this genre and I'm walking away from it. And it's like, I'm not burning that bridge where I'm like, I hate everyone, but it's (laughs) like, I'm walking away from this thing that I've been doing. And that's sad, but I'm really excited at at the same time. So yeah, a lot of that throughout my career <laughs> yeah well as i said from someone looking at it from like the outside looking in i just always find it so amazing how you can just change stuff up and you have a career where you can try different things in it and it all be there together but um thanks i wouldn't mind if it's all right with you just talking about pete wentz's influence with hey Mandy as well because chris brought her up and i wasn't really um aware of it before how much of an advocate he was for the band and he tried to sign you just by himself and then ended up having to co-sign with Columbia and all that. I mean, 
because as well, it, at the time period, it is Pete, Pete Wentz mainstream fame. What mm-hmm. was all that stuff like? Was he just like a supporter from day one and just wanted to just get you out there? Yeah, I mean, he actually, he came into the situation after we had sort of started talking to Columbia. So um, we were like, oh, wait, we really want to work with Pete Wentz. And then Colum- thankfully, Columbia were like, well, yeah, we'll do a joint venture with Decadence. That's gr- gr- good for us, too. And so it worked out. It was really happenstance. Like my, our old manager um, had heard about us through Columbia because at the time we, we didn't have a made like a manager. We did, but it was like our hometown management. And, um, and they were playing a demo of ours in the uh, crush management office. And Pete was just in there and he heard it and he was like, who's that? And then that's how that happened. So he ended up being, you know, I think it was more of like he was going to be the word of mouth guy and he was going to take us places. And, and he, like, he had me with him on Degrassi randomly doing a cameo, just stuff that just like random, but like helped with exposure. And he took us on, they took us on tour and I was in one of their music videos. And so it was just that kind of relationship where it wasn't so much like Columbia were the bank and they were the ones that were going taking our music to radio and they were, you know, that's our A&R and Pete kind of was an A&R. He was popping into the studio and listening to things and, and advising and stuff, but it was less of like that, um, kind of stiff, um, sterile label relationship. It was like, he was our dude helping us out and like spreading the word, which was so cool. Yeah, that must have been insane at the time, really, with his <laughs> stardom. And, I mean, think about it. Bruno Mars was uh, <laughs> over the moon just to see him walk past at, at that time. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. He was like, we were like going, I forget what, I think we were at, we were in Vegas um, on a day off. And I think that was like the, they did the VMAs and they played this, um, they recorded this performance at the palms in like a suite and we got to go and there were like wit like half naked women dancing and it was like crazy and we were just there and we were i mean i think i might have been like 19 at the time i was like what is my life right now what's going on (laughs) we would get to we would get into angels and kings his like bar that he had in a few different cities around the country and we would just be in there with pete it was just like it was so nuts i mean like from under the cork tree was my high school you know that wasn't that was my high school album like that got me through high school so it was just crazy and then there he is yeah and then there he is yeah yeah spinning around very very fast calm down pete calm down (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean they even let me come up and sing sugar we're going down with them on tour every night so just wild wild Sounds a sounds a hell of an experience. I mean, as you probably, I think I've told you this before, as you probably heard on the Chris episode, like technically you were the first uh, artist I saw without any parent supervision. So sans I parents. remember hearing that. <laughs> you poor thing. That must have been fun to just be by yourself rocking out though. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Like, think about it. Well, thinking about it now, three really important bands to me from, from that time. Cause it was, it was yeah. you. 
Kids and Glass Houses, who massive Welsh and U- UK influence, Boo. and then Fallout no. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> and then Fallout Boy. So yeah, that was a hell, of, that was a hell of a gig, hell of a gig. Was was All American Rejects on that? Oh no, they were they were on in Australia. There was a few different like lineups um, for that tour. We were on the whole thing. It was insane. Wow. But- with all that as well, I mean, throughout your career, you've just been a part of so many crazy experiences, whether it's stuff like that, whether it's singing with Avril Lavigne, whether it's you know being nominated for a Grammy. I mean, there's so many things we could say to you and you'd just be like, oh, yeah, I did that. That's mad. Completed. Yeah. <laughs> Tick. Yes, I am. Tick. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Is there, is there anything where you sometimes you just go, oh, yeah, that happened and just kind of like beside yourself to think like what on earth is this crazy life yeah i'm and it it really only happens when i'm like talking to my boyfriend because you know he didn't know about hey monday um before we started dating and he like would he like dug into everything and he was like you did this at what the you were you know and one of the things that i don't even remember how i came across it but i remembered that i was like i was on the cover of 17 magazine in indonesia and um it was in a scrapbook my mom has a scrapbook of all the hey stuff typical mom stuff and um we were flipping through it one time at my mom's and he's like what the hell that is crazy and i thought i mean i i I thought it was crazy at the time too but i i just forgot i forgot i i was on the cover of a 17 magazine and then Another thing that was really cool that we got to do is Hey Monday. We had a full on separate release of Hold On Tight in Japan. So we did like a full, a photo shoot and everything. It was like a whole different cover and everything for, J- for Japan. So that was crazy. And I've obviously never done that again. Um, I would love to, but that was the, some Columbia Records money there. Have you got a copy of that record though? That's the question. I do. Co- oh, good. Cause yeah, I do. I, um, I came across uh, one of the blackouts, um, Japanese, because they tend to do a remake album. And yeah, I came across one online the other day. And I was like, oh, I've never owned one of them. That's <gasps> weird. <laughs> Can you That's get, my I album. Mean, do you not have it? No, I don't. I don't have oh. one. But I have, to, I have to find it. Yeah. Yeah. you got to um, find it. Sadly, That's like, but yeah. If you buy it, do you technically get some of the money back? <laughs> like the 60p out of the fucking yeah. pay of the 20 pound so. probably but like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's gonna go toward the recoupment from the uh, deal yeah that's still. true yeah, that's true yeah 15 years later <laughs> oh yeah definitely Brett Gurewitz Brett Gurewitz is uh, seeing that money if I buy that yeah <laughs> oh no oh wow <laughs> yeah there's a lot of things that I'm like whoa like we did uh, one, we did um, I met Amy Schumer randomly do you remember when wow. she um co-hosted a show on fuse with mark hoppus i forget yeah. what the show was called so we it was before she blew up but um we played that show and i got to meet her and she was super cool and chill and we and then yeah now she's like huge superstar yeah 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 wow. i love amy schumer yeah mm-hmm. awesome very Badass. very funny well, well sp- yeah. speaking of um crazy things as well like i've always noticed and this term probably is the wrong thing, but like you've always done like sneaky appearances in things. Whether it be <laughs> sneaky, <laughs> well, like the band, like the bands didn't know. Yeah, and she's just like, I'll be there now. Just show up at the studio. What's she doing here? Oh, not her again. 
for loads of different artists, I like to think like, oh, Madonna, oh, what the hell? <laughs> Life is a... Oh, gee, I, th- I thought I was singing it. I say it like that, though, because like this, you know, you feature on Yellow Card songs, for example, and it's oh, not really yeah. like, a, it's not like featuring Cassidy Public. You have to really go into the album details to know that like, you're back and vocalist. You said like you appear in a Fall Out Boy music video. You've been on the TV show Nashville. Like there's all these little things. Like, yeah, like- is there being any, like what, what, like, it must be cool to see like you've got Easter eggs throughout your career as well. And I'm, hmm. is there any we don't know about? Like, is there any little su- other surprises like that? Um, well, I did, I did do a feature with IC Stars, um, but that's like clear, clearly stated. Um, I actually, I sang background vocals on Backseat Serenade by All Time Low, and I wasn't like a feature or anything. Um, but I, I think. I don't know if they still do, but I remember for a long time they they live would like keep my voice in the tracks <laughs> just to like wow. help the, you know. There's some sort of PRS, isn't it? Surely there's gotta be <laughs> you technically performing every so. night. <laughs> right, right. I'd have a look true. into that. <laughs> uh I yeah, I did Degrassi random. Um I don't was know. Was there Drake there? Was was Drake there at the time? No. Well, he wasn't on set, but he, I think he was on the show. I, so we had, we did, I did sing on a, um, uh, Cobra Starship song, but like a lot of us did from Decadence. It was, um, that, that snakes on a plane song. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. So I'm on there somewhere, but I'm not a feature, so you wouldn't know, but I'm sprinkled in there. It boys as well, original Matt Cutchell. Uh, yeah, Matt I know. Oh, I I love. I one of the first things that I did when I moved to LA was was sing on that song, and I loved that song. It was so cute and pop. And then you know, next thing I know, he's like blowing up doing "Emo's Not Dead." And I was like, "Dude, yeah. do you remember me? Like, <laughs> I sang with you." He's like, "Of course." So I did his cruise. I did "Emo's Not Dead" cruise last year. Oh, nice. How was yeah. how was that? Because that just um, sounds like a mad experience getting all those emos on the water. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, it was so cool because everybody was so respectful, and you know, because I'm a fan of every, I'm a fan of Under Oath. I'm a fan of Dashboard and Cartel. So I was like going to the shows as well, and people were so cool about it. They were, you know, I was just like a fan with them, so it wasn't like I couldn't enjoy the the cruise as well. But yeah, it was, it was, it was hard. I will say it was performing on a moving boat, on a moving vehicle. Basically, it was, it was tricky because the head banging, you kind of lose your balance. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I never thought about that. I never thought about that. You could could rock out and go forward and you come back and you're in a totally different continent. Whoa, where am I? (laughs) It was wild. It was weird. And I, you know, I, I don't drink before I sing because I don't feel like I sing as well. Um, so that kind, I think that was like a hindrance because I, I feel like when you drink on a cruise, it helps you a bit. Like you get your sea legs a bit more because you're just like not as aware. Um, but I couldn't do that. So I love the idea of you singing one, singing a note and holding it out and then realizing you've gone over a different time zone. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, I technically held, I held that for an hour. I yeah. held that one note for an hour. If technically, we're being technical, yeah, I know it was a it was a short one. We went from LA to Mexico, so it wasn't oh, that okay. long of a trip. All right, but it was still it was awesome. 
Well, yeah, I think there's. I think there might be some murmurs of us going along next oh, year. Well, but we we'll see. Fingers crossed. We'll see. But yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, it would be yes. nice for us. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. I'll put in a good word. Please I'll do. We need a holiday, word. so that would be like. Uh, yeah, okay. we've been doing this. Two, <laughs> this week now, our two hundred fiftieth episode came out. We've been doing this two hundred fifty weeks in a row. Uh, oh, so yeah, we good have. Good for you break. guys. That's amazing. <laughs> it's, not good. it's not good for us. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate. No, I meant, ment- I meant mentally. Oh, it's mentally. Not good for no, us. no, no, I mean, no, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's been. No, it's been. It's, it's, yeah, it's a tiring show. It's a tiring, never-ending show. Oh, well, you're doing great. You're doing great, oh, you, you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is where I come in. Yeah. <laughs> moments of hope. Keep going. That was your moment of hope with Cassidy Pope. Yes. <laughs> Please, that's really good, actually. You Thank should record you. that. Yeah, that, yeah that's my... Um, that's my TV That's advert the jingle. Voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we could do it like the movie guy. One girl bringing you hope. One mission. Cassidy Pope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Making you feel good. <laughs> On the edge of space. <laughs> when your life is no longer your own. Just going oh, through no. all the things he says. Yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> that was a girl. Was a, a Two term. girls. He's, yeah. he's, he's practiced this once or twice. Can you tell? Yeah. A good. renegade cop. A robot <laughs> renegade cop. It's late over here. It's late over here, and I'm going mad. So sorry. About is that. it? Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's all good. No, we pre- no, no, it's we, fine. Thank we, you. Yeah, we appreciate you taking the time seriously, of but um, we won't keep you too much longer because you've got to get rest, do stuff in the rest of your day. Um, but as you start, <laughs> yeah, to, you've, got, you've got a life. Yeah, we won't keep you too longer, but you know, because we'll messages, living and stuff. No, right. <laughs> but as we start to started to wind down on this conversation there's a couple more things i would like to uh, uh to bring up and ask um speaking of the boat i'm sure there must be a handful of venues you have played that just uh, are a little bit bonkers in terms of like the weirdest place to play live we mentioned this now and again with artists and you know frank iroh has told us about playing on the back of a pickup truck sean's played a, a, a ball ring in madrid is there any wow. um, just things you wouldn't expect to be venues and you've played there or weird circumstances? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think any place on a country radio tour is the most random because you end up playing, you end up playing like, like buffets or um, oh. in the middle of a mall, um, like a shopping mall. I don't know if it's the same over there. But yeah, it, that the, those places were super random. Um, one place I don't know it, it doesn't it didn't doesn't sound random, but to me it was like I didn't know this was a thing. We literally played at a zoo, um, and there was like bears in a cage behind. It, it felt like once I got there, I was like, what? this doesn't feel right. I don't want to like like be loud around these animals. But you know, once you're there, you kind of have to do it. But I was like, this feels odd and. I didn't know shows happened at a, at zoos. It was just like we showed up and we played, and it was like that was that was random, very weird. Yeah, wow. I just imagined the bears going wild behind you, and people were like, oh, the bears are really rocking yeah. out, and like, no, they just hate <laughs> noise. No, just they like, just hate noise. <laughs> they're poor things. I mean, never played a zoo again. I actually even I got even offered to play SeaWorld, and I said no way because <laughs> I saw blackfish. Um, but yeah, uh, that was a random one for sure. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, a zoo. Yeah, I've never that's heard great. of anyone playing a zoo. Uh, not, 
We are yeah. not zoo so far. No, no. that's well. I, you are. You've... I thought mine was pretty good with the theatre of death, the old buffalo, uh, that's the old. Pretty, um, that's boring. pretty amazing. Yeah, it's not. Mm, yeah, it's yeah, boring. Like yeah, think of any poor. No. Yeah, it's dreadful. It's dreadful. Um, but yeah, played there. Sawdust on the floor. Yakavi. Yeah, oh, not nice. Okay. Not nice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'll be going there. No, don't. Yeah, Madrid. Just in case you ever get booked for Spain, check. Check. I would like to go to first. Spain, but maybe. Yeah, not that venue though. No more playing in front of animals. Yeah, that's a theme. Why is that the theme at the zoos, <laughs> aquariums, bull bulls, rings, yeah. bull rings? Why is? Yeah, luckily. Well, I, is it luckily there was no bulls? It would have been more entertaining on stage for me. If I had looked down and they let a bull into where the Linkin Park fans were standing, that would have been fun to like watch for about four seconds. Yeah, before you fled for that. your life. Yeah. 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 But it's, I suppose it's only equal. You know, it's only fair. Good. Zoo's the best, Zoo. yeah, best <laughs> right. one so far. You, yeah, you've stumped us that much that we've gone off on tangents. Um, um, m- moving, moving to more positive stuff, like you've talked about how excited you are and feeling more free about the new emo music you're releasing and the three tracks you put out lately and coma almost there and people that i love leave it, it does show as a different side of you i know you've been so um happy about just being able to, to have that freedom i mean what is that um just been like for you and is that just a constant theme we can maybe expect now from uh from even more new music as you go forward even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm gearing up for another one before the end of the year and, um, I'm continuing on that sonic vibe. It's definitely pop punk. It's, it's in your face. I have a couple of tracks that are a bit more stripped back that are more sentimental and it's more about the lyric than anything. But my, I've always kind of leaned towards like, how would this translate live when I'm writing? Cause I just, I love touring and I love playing shows. Um, and all of these songs, I like cannot wait to play live because they're just, they're so energetic. And there's so many moments where I can just picture people's hands in the air and, you know, and claps and stuff. So a lot of crowd participation songs that I feel like will translate so well live. But, um, I'm, I'm almost done making the record. So the full Ooh. album is almost done. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping to get that out early next year, but I'm also, I want it to be with a tour. So I might have to be flexible with that depending on when a tour comes together. Are you eyeing up um, coming to the UK at all to play? Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, now that I'm with Sound Talent Group, um, there's actually somebody at um, at the agency who's working on things for next year over there. So um, yeah, things, things I think are going to come together pretty nicely. Ooh, awesome. Very, very excited about that. I'll let and you know. The- well, please, please do. do. Please yeah, do. Please do. Yeah. Well, 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 I come to him. Well, I come to a show. Yeah. Um, but as well, like t- talking about working with Taylor Acon, I mean, on this track, Coma, I mean, she seems one of the most exciting people in the scene at the moment. There's so much fresh buzz 
around what she is doing. Still kind of a newest artist, newish artist to a lot of people. What was how was it um collaborating with her? Because it just seemed like both of you had so much fun. She was freaking out in a way that getting to work with you as well. And it seems like you just kind of en- enjoyed the uh, the energy that she yeah. brought. I like fell in love with her the moment I met her. She's just the kindest, sweetest person. Like, have you guys met her? Talk to her? No, no. not yet. No, Ugh. she is. She is like just such a sweet, sweet, sweet person. And I went into the session writing session with her and Dan Swank, who we both actually use for as a producer. And um, uh, we were writing for her project, so we wrote Coma. It came out. Uh, on her own she she released that a few months ago and then fast forward a couple months later we were just chatting just friendly chat um, about random stuff and she's like you know what would you sing on coma i was like yeah i fucking love that song and i'm down to collaborate with you that'd be amazing so we released it together as a collaboration and not like i'm featured on a song of hers it was like we released it both together and it's so wild the She's doing so well that like my numbers are going up because of her. Wow. And she's like, my first song I learned on guitar was six months from Hey Monday. This is so cool. I'm like, <laughs> oh. well, you're helping me out right now. So this is like a, a mutual thing. Um, and we've just like become really good friends because of it too. So it just felt like a really organic, really like it came from a really sweet place as collaborating together. And it's like one of, one of my favorite collaborations because of the fact that we both just want each other to win. You know, we're not doing it for politics or like, I have the same manager. I have this. And it's, it's like, we just really adore each other. So that was really cool. Nice. Yeah. Very good to hear. Yeah. Things yeah. like that are always awesome to see. And I'm excited for what the both of you um, kind of do next. Um, earlier, you said there's a, there's a lot of things you find very exciting about this scene now that's kind of drawing you back. Is there any other bands or artists that you think people should really be uh, checking out or uh, be giving more attention to it as well? Yeah. Um, I mean, I people know about Water Parks. I, I love that band. Um, and that album they released, Intellectual Property, was like such an exciting record to me because it reminded me of In Love and Death by The Used, which is my favorite The Used record. And it's just mm. like pop and then rock and then hardcore and it's like it was like the first time i've heard a record where it covers all of these bases and i was like yes like the whole album doesn't sound the same yay (laughs) um so i loved i love them and i loved that record i i'm a huge fan of taylor acorn of course there's a band called glimmers i actually wrote with them um recently and we wrote something really cool for them they're super new just starting out but they're they're so sweet and her the lead vocalist maggie she's got an incredible voice um i love what charlotte sands is doing she's killing it um and uh there's a band here um oh no i'm blanking because i'm jet lagged Uh, i'll I'll let you think while i think uh, i thought you were gonna go oh arrows in action there you go arrows in action killing it Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but before I it's forgot. It's all right. No, no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> what were you going to say? I was just going to fill time until you remembered oh. what it was. I was going to say, and then, and then there's a band, uh, I don't know, My Chemical Romance, you might have yeah, heard of, or something that like that. Hopefully they make it. Yeah, Arrows yeah, in Action are great. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Arrows in Action, John Harvey's really, really good. I just wrote with him for my project, and um, 
his voice is insane. So yeah, we actually have some really cool people in Nashville. Knox is in Nashville. Oh. Um, yeah, we're people here are killing it. So those are yes. those are like people I think um, bands should look out for. Amazing. And uh, one last thing before we let you go, um, you know, you might have done all these amazing, cool things and just kill, you know, kill the kill the music industry basically. Where is he going um, with this? Where is he going with this? But you, um, but one of the most things you you should be proudest of is surviving a fight with a cookie. <gasps> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I still, I don't know if what? you can see, but I still have a, um, a scar. Um, you. You, that I posted that today. That's pretty I impressive. My, I, I do my research. What can you I do say? your research. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Last minute. Yeah, today he looked. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I didn't do any prep. No, I, yes, that was, that was, a. Uh, it's such a vis- vivid memory because I, re- I was walking in the mall when I was like four or five and I was eating a Mrs. Fields cookie and it's like a big cookie company in, in malls here in America. And um, it was like it had frosting on top. I was just enjoying it so much. It was so big and I was so small and I was so excited. And I was walking and I just like walked right into a glass table and it just like cut my head open and I was bleeding and they, you know, I was like crying because I thought it was worse than it was because my mom's reaction was like, oh my God, you know, they make it worse. And so I'm bawling and they put bandaid on my head and um, fast forward, I have a little scar right here from it. And I've, I don't know. I've never really thought of like trying to get rid of it. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. So I'm just like, it's just, it, it, I said in my video, you probably already heard, heard me say this, Morgan, but I'll <laughs> say it again. Um, it gives character. So I'm keeping it. I just, I just wanted everyone to know how badass you are on top of music. Thank talent. you. So I yeah. think it's nice, nice way to end, you know, kind of the, the two sides to you. The icing on the cookie. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so bad. No, oh, you don't even know. Like, oh. well, I guess you, you yeah, you, you listen pun. to the, the beginning yeah. of Chris Payne. He loves yeah. a pun. And yeah. uh, they are I, normally I, dreadful to a deadline every weekend. So <laughs> I love puns. Yeah. Uh, no good. I yes, do when, they, when they're done correctly. <laughs> when they're done correctly and well, I hey, really like pun. I'll have you know, yeah. there's at oh, least don't, don't, five yeah, people. I'm not making a plan. I'm just saying there's at least five people who no, enjoy them. So I got to keep it up, right? That's the. Yeah. I don't know about that. Anyway, anyway, Cassie, <laughs> thank you so much for taking thank the time. You. Honestly, it's just been great to reconnect with you and catch up. And I love this new music you're putting out. I can't wait to see what's next. And yeah, let us know when you're in the UK because we Please. definitely need to come down to the show and uh, do this again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This was so fun. No worries. Thank you very much for everything over the years, for the music, yeah. for the inspiration, and just being an all-round great person. Thank you very much. You've been lovely thank to us. You. And you didn't need to be. So thank you very much. <laughs> you guys are awesome. I was happy to, to be on with you. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Hey. Yes, that was the unbelievably beautiful inside and out Cassidy Pope. What a fucking legend within our scene, within <laughs> TV competition scene, within the country scene. What, like, what a fucking, what an amazing chat. And again, blown away by how it all came together just because we had Chris Payne, the author, on to talk about um, emo and pop punk back in the day. 
absolutely bonkers. Yeah, he's absolutely insane. And as I kept telling her throughout this conversation, like I honestly think she's got one of the most unique careers ever. She's done it all. She's seen so many different aspects of this industry. And it's just so nice to get an insight into all of that and to see her so happy about what she's doing now. Like, I really enjoy her country albums and releases, even though I'm not a massive country fan myself, you know. No, but you are a massive... Ca- oh, no, ah, no, no, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's only a half a bit of <laughs> I've always loved what she's done and these new uh, pop-punk emo uh, tracks that she's kind of brought back all their influences is amazing to see. I'm excited to, to find out where she's going with it and an album and hopefully she'll be back for that tour soon and we can all have a giant party together yes i would like that very much also if she listens to this and she's uh doesn't have anything booked for the end of february give me a shout i think i might know a band who would would consider uh would love to have her on tour anyway uh yes thank you very much to cassidy for that what a fucking brilliant chat it happened the week that mexico has uh, shown that that they've got aliens in their possession. I I've missed this. What exactly? It's <laughs> fucking meant two days ago. Uh-huh. Mexico, right? The country of Mexico, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. The government of Mexico brought two little aliens out in boxes that they've had for since 2017 that they think are a thousand years old. They mummified. What? They've got eggs in their belly. Yeah, that silence was awkward because it's a, a fucking real thing. What? <sighs> what? <laughs> Do you know what my first thought was? What? Does Tom DeLong know about this? <laughs> he fucking definitely does. 100% he does. Does Must he? Have. This is the thing, see. If you know about aliens <laughs> and UFOs and all yeah. that shit, right? The fact that Tom DeLong can play gigs, right, with Blink-182... Yeah. And isn't constantly shitting himself or hiding in some sort of fucking titanium basement, right? Makes me believe that he might be all right. Yeah. Um, so fingers crossed they fucking are all right. Because if Tom DeLong's going out doing fucking dick and fart jokes at fucking 50 years old, right? When he could have been warning all us to stop digging fucking into the ground to make our fucking metal bases. I'm going to go fucking mad when I see him. So Tom DeLong, I know you listen to every Cassidy Pope interview, <laughs> right? <laughs> Are you fucking us about? Get in touch with us at Sapnin Pod on Twitter, Instagram, also patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. Tom, I know you got the money. So fucking check us three quid a month, is it bad? Please, please. We've made 251 episodes of this. Go on, man. Go on, Tom. We never know who's listening. So if any um, other life forms out there have somehow picked Whoa. this up as well, hey, come on the podcast. That would be an interesting conversation. And join the Patreon because oh, we haven't got an, we haven't got an alien Patreon, and that would be something completely new for people to experience. Yeah, it depends if they've got email addresses, I guess, because you definitely need an email address <laughs> for you to sign up to our Patreon. Yeah, which is a shame. Yeah, maybe we should start warning people that you you need an email address. Who hasn't got an email? Yeah, that's a that's a different rant. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. Twenty twenty three. Who doesn't have an email? Well, aliens because they wouldn't <laughs> go, would they? Um, but yeah, this I don't know. Maybe they've got some sort of gold from their planet they can just give us in in person like i'll meet you in person alien <laughs> yeah i'm fine with it like at this point now whichever way the conversation goes i'm up for you could be the nicest species of all time and be wicked or you could vaporize me either way i'd be fine with it as long as i met an alien so someone please trying if anyone can hook us up with 10 minutes with tom belong 
when he's when they're back over in the UK next I month. Thought, right, I thought, right, right. I thought you were going to say, if there's anyone <laughs> at Area 51 who can give us 10 minutes with a fucking life form not from Earth. Like, imagine, like, that's all it took. You going, oh, please, American government, let me into Area 51. And they go, no, go on, and you go 10 minutes, run about. <laughs> That'd be fucking mad. But yeah, oh, I'd love to talk to Dom DeLong about aliens and maybe Blink-182, but more about aliens. Are they coming back over here now? Yeah, because they 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 were over yeah, and then um, Travis Barker <laughs> had to go home, didn't he, on a plane? Ooh, that's mad. Um, and then uh, then I saw his post saying God is great, yeah. and that his kid his kid needed emergency surgery. <laughs> so they what? They were supposed- really? No, no, no. <laughs> think about what. Think about what Travis Barker. God oh, is no, great. I know. I know exactly. I, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. God exactly. is great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had to fly home because mm. my kid needed emergency surgery. Mm. God is great for causing what a mad fucker Robocop looking without his mask fucking drum enthusiast bastard nutter yeah, yeah they are coming they are coming Tom's back Tom's not they're, coming on now is he no Tom's you've ruined it for okay. every yeah, single person definitely at Sapping Pod on Twitter Instagram and sometimes TikTok Tom's his own man yeah Tom's his own man we'll be alright yeah we'll be alright come on if Tom if you want to get involved or send us a message or anything uh, there's loads of extra things we're putting up um, on there for so some old video clips and obviously there's photos of us and just want you to get involved and keep uh, keep in touch with what's, what's coming along. And via the Patreon, there's even more behind the scenes secrets and uh, goodies and getting get included into a whole wonderful community of people who have become our best friends. I wrote a uh, very in-depth blog post um, this week, kind of looking back at these 250 weeks and uh, to some mad memories and what we're going to try and do next and all that kind of thing. So if any of that takes your interest, patreon.com forward slash sapnin. If you head to the description of this episode, there's loads of names there that we thank. But as always, Sean is going to give a mahoosive shout out to the elite members of our Patreon community. Those are the people in the top tiers. Yes, I love all of our patrons equally. But these guys, even more so. So that doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I love you all very, very much. If you've ever thought about joining our Patreon, thank you very much. If you did, if you have joined our Patreon, thank you very much. If you joined our Patreon and left, thank you very much. If you're thinking about joining our Patreon, get a fucking move on! Thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwowei, Janelle Castan, Paul Urshfield, Tony Michael, Kelly Owen, Dilly Grimwood, Natasha Morris, Emma Barber, Mitch Perry, Nathan Crochow, Scarlett Charlton, Nathan White, Amy Louise, Alexandra Pemblinton, Kat Besson, Molly Malloy and James Bowerbank, Jenny Robinson, Murray Grimwood, Scott Jones, Amy Dawson, Stuart McNaught, Ellen Southfield, Stephen Aston, Carol Robinson, Kate Puttock, Louis Cook, Martina McManus, Carl Pendlebury, Danny Eaton, James McNaught, Jenny Munster, Jason Redia, John and Emma, M. Evans Roberts, M. Evans Roberts, sorry, I had a mouthful of spit. Thank you very much, Craig Harris, Evan, Sean Fines, Vicky. Emily Perry, Adam King of the Gospel, Khalila Keane, Indigo Lima, Oscar Victor, Echo, Charlie, Oscar, Charlie, Kilo, Sarah, that's I Love Cox in the um, police alphabet. I don't know what they call it. Josh, someone asked me what's the ninth letter of the alphabet. It was a complete... Josh, someone asked me what's the ninth letter of the alphabet. It was a complete guess, but I was right. Crisp. Hi. What's the ninth letter of the alphabet? It was a complete uh, guess, but I, I was, was right. Yeah. 
Fucking it. Can we ban him? <laughs> like, I like him, and he's real positive in the group. And, <laughs> but fucking come on. Anyway, thank you very much, Carl David Smith, and last by no means least, Connor Lewins and family. Before we go, I want to give a shout out to I Can't Die, who released a song called Teaser. That is a fucking ripper. Check that out. Also, if you're about this Saturday um, in Cardiff, check out uh, Create create a Clash. Clash? Clash? Create? create what's she called now? Click? Create? One of our patrons, Keris Andrews, is putting on gigs at Fuel and, and the Moon Club in Cardiff. It's an all day. Uh, please check that out. There's a bunch of bands playing who are patreon members so it's gonna be very very exciting please please check it out what's it called critical creator i was way <laughs> i knew it had a fucking c in it but there you go yeah so check it out come on down to cardiff on the 16th we can see uh, uh, at critical creators on instagram uh there's a whole account about it and more information on the Lying up and it being a good course and the gigs and bands and all that. So, yeah, go and check it out. Yes, please do. We might be there. So, not that's a selling point for anyone. <laughs> yeah, if that's put you off. Oh, if that's put you off, we might not be there. Mm. So, there you go. Mm. Um, but, yeah, thank you very much if you've listened this far. Tom DeLong, please come on. Travis Barker, choose your words wisely. Also, if, the God, if God saved your kid, God also did that to your kid. Uh, apologies for making you realise... That's how God would obviously work, isn't it? <laughs> Mad. Sapnin! Sapnin! <laughs> We're never going to talk to aliens about Tom DeLonge and this rate. Morgan, is there any way of adding this note to the end of the podcast to say... Um, since I did all that alien nonsense, um, it's been absolutely debunked that they are not actually aliens. So, ah, uh, fucking hell. Maybe Travis Park was right all along and God does exist and is great. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.